Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks, along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast. We look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, nfl.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes. Freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here alongside my guys, the Whiskit from Wisconsin, uh, Alex Kelhar. What's up, man? Yo. MG Marcus Grant, what's up? How you doing? Uh, happy birthday, by the way, pal. Thanks, man. Appreciate yes, it. Yes. And of course, Michael Fabiano. What's going on, man? Happy birthday. Now, how old a gentleman are you now? 27. 27. That's what we're sticking Seven. with. Are we're, you we're kidding me? We're staying with that. Wait, wait when? Again. Wait Marcus and me. We're staying with it. When I when I hired you back at how many years ago? I was I was twenty nine then. Oh, is that a, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's backwards. I understand. Wait, you, understand. you like reverse Benjamin buttoning? I am. I'm, I'm going Benjamin button on this thing. Wow. I got you. Oh uh, man, one of my favorite shows. Uh, I think we're gonna have today because man, we're gonna be talking about the draft. It's draft, draft, draft all day long. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna be talking about wide receivers. We're gonna be talking about running backs. We're gonna be talking about off-season moves. It's gonna be draft day special here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Um, and I, I, I mean, you think about the draft and and, and the guys that uh, are gonna see instant impact. And of course, you start thinking about. Ezekiel, the first guy taken too, fantasy wise. Yeah, man, we we started our dynasty league draft uh, this morning, and he was number one overall. No surprise. The sky is the limit for this, my friends. And I mean, a three down back who can do it all, who can run with it, who can catch it, who is is very adequate in pass uh, pass protection. And um, I don't know if the Cowboys have any choice but to keep him on the field for all three downs. They have to forget about Alfred Morris, forget about Darren McFadden and what he did last season. This is the Ezekiel Elliott show. He deserves to be a top 12 pick. First question. Is this dude all of a sudden a first-round fantasy draft pick? I think he will be come he August. Will be. I mean, and right that's now, fine. I mean, right now, the, the day, the moment he got drafted by the Cowboys, he was immediately being thought of as a second rounder. By the time we get the hype train off and rolling, <laughs> right. oh, yeah, he'll be a first rounder. Yep. I mean, but if you think about the top 10, 
right now. There's going to be a lot of wide receivers in that mix. Yeah, he's going to. We go are. We're, sure. What we're saying is that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a top three or four running back. Well, who would you put ahead of him? Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Todd Gurley. David Johnson. Adrian Peterson. David Johnson. That's it. I'm I think not, the bigger question is... I would is, not put Devonta Freeman ahead of him. I wouldn't put Doug Martin ahead of him. I wouldn't put Lamar Miller ahead of him. Uh, Jamal Charles, I wouldn't put ahead of him either coming off of uh, ACL. I feel like ACLs. the bigger question is who drops out of the top 10 now because of that? Right. I mean, you know, the, the, DeAndre Hopkins was kind of a fringe top 10 guy. I think he drops out. Oh, I don't think does, he drops out. I'd say Freeman. Does uh, does Rob, does does Gronk? I mean, I know Gronk in some leagues is potentially a fringe top ten guy. I think he drops out now. Um, yeah, I mean Devontae Freeman, I think is is a guy who drops out of the top. What 10. is the upside here for a guy like Ezekiel Elliott? Because here, keep in mind, Darren McFadden, Darren McFadden, fourteen hundred total yards last year, mm-hmm. fourteen, yep. and the team was an abject disaster. Right, correct. Last right. year. Now, now keep in mind, Elliott's going to have a couple advantages. Number one. Romo will be under center. Right. Teams knew the Cowboys were going to run the ball. They still couldn't stop McFadden a That's lot what of I'm times. Saying. And number two, volume. He's a fresh, young kid out of college. He is going to get so much volume in that offense. The Cowboys, I believe part of the reason why they decided to go with Elliott instead of a Jalen Ramsey, for example, was because if you remember a few years ago, number one, the Cowboys defense going into 2014, people thought it was going to be garbage, including myself. And after that first game against San Francisco, it looked like that was going to be the truth. But Rod Marinelli waved his magic wand, did with what he had, and the defense held up. So I believe the Cowboys think Marinelli can do that again. Number two. Well, I think a big part of that DeMarco is, Murray kept that defense that's off the football yeah, that, field. That, that was the biggest part. And so they can do that now with Elliott and with that offensive line. And it sure will help Tony Romo. It, it can't help him for breaking his collarbone again, but it can help Tony Romo produce good numbers. The only question healthy. mark, of course, uh, I know we joke around about Darren McFadden and, and Alfred Morris. By the way, poor Alfred Morris. Poor Alfred Morris, man. I mean, the dude <laughs> the dude signs with Dallas. He's got to be thinking, you know what, man? Uh, I'm, I'm the only guy I'm competing with right now, Darren McFadden, he, who's an aging back, who, who, injury-prone uh, running back. I'm going to have a chance to be a starter behind this Dallas offensive line. I'm going to be playing in a huge market behind a huge offensive line. What a great opportunity for me, Alfred Morris. Nope. 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 RIP Alfred Morris's fantasy value. Yep. It's sad. He's barely even draftable now. It's sad. I, I ain't touching him. RIP Darren Mc- Has anyone, uh, by the way, has, anyone, has any running back who's compiled 1,400-plus uh, total yards been forgotten faster? Than Darren McFadden, probably not. Fourteen hundred total yards. He's not. He's not even. He's like an afterthought right now. Yeah, it's well, amazing. He, um, so I guess my question is: Do either one of those guys? Do you think Dallas will ease no. Zeke into? Heck, you don't. No. You don't take a running back at four overall when and you're in e- win now mode and to ease him, him. in. <laughs> no. They they might give McFadden a series here or there okay. to like you know be, if Zeke's hitting thirty carries in the third quarter they might be like all right here let's take, slow the take, roll. A, take a blow okay we'll we'll let Run DMC in but no you don't you don't take a player like Zeke right. at fourth overall and and ease him in fifteen hundred yards up. Eight or nine touchdowns. I think that's at least. I think that's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. A pretty good projection, I think, for Ezekiel Elliott. Fifteen hundred scrimmage yards. I mean, yeah, total I, yards. I think, yeah, yeah, total yards. I think totally you do a little bit better than that yardage wise. Um, and the touchdowns. I mean, I'd say ten. 
He that's could, huge. He could hit double digits. I, that's huge. He's a good pass catcher, too. You know, he's going to help in the passing game as well. He's not only a runner. He's not a one-trick pony. This guy can do it all. Back-to-back 2,000-plus total yard seasons there uh, at Ohio State. Back-to-back 1,800 rushing yard seasons there at Ohio State. So this guy is a legit talent. And have we seen a running back like this outside of Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley had question marks coming in um, who comes out of college and enters a better situation as a running back? No, no. I mean, I mean there. I w- Marks and I talked about this. We did a video hit after the first round. Like, you know, Eddie Lacy came into a pretty good situation as a rookie too with oh, a sure. great offense, but we didn't know he was going to get all these touches. Like right. Zeke, this is this is something else. Mm-hmm. I, and and again, even going back to the whole Eddie Lacy thing. I, I mean, his tape coming out of college was good. wasn't great. I mean, Zeke is another level. He's another level. So, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I think he definitely gets into the first round. That The hype train around him will be uh, will be full steam ahead. And it's worth it. Don't don't get caught in the, the thought trap of being like, oh, well, he hasn't done it in the NFL yet. Right. Like, right. please, just take him in the first round and be Listen, happy. I mean, <laughs> is, is there a little bit of risk? I mean, yeah, there is going to be a little bit of risk. But to me, the reward is worth the risk. Where Someone's going to take him at five least, overall. At least no. I was wrong, you know, uh, a year or two ago, like with my ball the, the the risk was not worth what the potential reward was with Ezekiel Elliott it is well worth it Absolutely. all right uh in Houston I don't know if any team has revamped their offense uh more than Houston has they added a starting running back they added a starting quarterback and then they go into the draft and just get speed I mean they got speed Everywhere on the offensive side of the ball. Will Fuller, their first-round pick. Then they go and get Braxton Miller as another wide receiver. Tyler Irvin, who I know most of you haven't ever heard of, but this guy can absolutely – he's a track star, basically, uh, coming out of San Jose He'll State. He'll be Lamar Miller's handcuff. Um, For sure. And, uh, and all three of those guys, they got tremendous speed. Now, you're going to surround Lamar Miller and, of course, New Hopkins now mm-hmm. with all of that speed. Uh, what does it mean for someone like Duke? Uh, you know, whatever. No, I'm not. You know, what? let me let me back wow. up. That was so dismissive. Wow. Let, me, let me back up. No, it's not. It's not that bad. <laughs> but we're sitting here. We're talking about how fast these guys are. But let's. I mean, let's actually look at this. Okay. Right. Okay. Tyler Irvin. Yes. Is not going to see the field a whole lot. No, behind Lamar not. Miller. Uh, Braxton Miller, for all of his athleticism, is still kind of a project. Pro- big time project. Will Fuller is getting compared to Ted Ginn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so let's. I mean, let's stop. Let's, let's, let's yeah. take a moment and let's think about it. They yeah. added a lot of speed, but did they add a lot well, of the kind of talent that's not, going to take everybody I'm else to the next level? I'm not in love with Will Fuller as a fantasy player. I'm not. No. no, no, but MG, that's why I'm asking you. Forget, uh, forget about those dudes as fantasy assets because I agree with you, Will Fuller. Uh, I thought they made a mistake. I don't think I didn't like that pick. I I thought Josh Doxon was was still on the board, uh, a much better fit for. But who cares? Whatever. Will Fuller, I'm not drafting that dude. Braxton Miller, obviously not drafting that dude. Tyler Irvin, undraftable. Okay, I get it. All I'm saying is that the offensive side of the ball has added a lot of speed, meaning it's going to be hard for safeties to really double nuke. That's really great. But the Rio Olympics end before training camp starts. <laughs> we are not running a four by one hundred. But does it, it? Does this help? I mean, this has got to help Nuke. No, Fast, no, it helps Brock Osweiler. Fast isn't great if you don't make plays. Okay, yeah. Ask James Jet. James Jet was wait. really fast. James Jet was never open. Darius wow. Hayward Bay, my friend. Right. I mean, James Jet reference on like, this podcast. So love yes, it. they have a lot of speed. But do they actually had? Did they actually get any real playmakers out of this group? And I'm not sure that they did. You know, what was funny uh, was Michael Thomas tweeted out 
when they drafted Braxton Miller. Yeah. And said that he's better than the guy they drafted in the, in the first, first round. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, dang. That was a little shot at Will Fuller. Oh, but, man. Yeah, Fuller, Fuller's going to be a nice nice piece to the offensive puzzle just in the fact that he can stretch the field and he is a th- legitimate threat that they have, the defense will have to respect. But, I mean, Nuke is going to be Nuke. His targets uh, were probably going to come down anyways because they, they were behind so much last year. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not drafting Will Fuller. Maybe a late-round flyer. He's, he's a decent option in best ball because when he does have his, you know, four-catch, 150-yard, two-touchdown games. Right. Then, Woohoo! Yes, you're good exactly. to go. Um, all right, so again, but I'll ask you this: Was does it help or hurt Nuke Hopkins? I mean, I it helps a little, I think, but I'm not enough to like bump him up drastically in drafts or anything. But if you're a Nuke Hopkins owner in Dynasty, like I am, ching. Hello, uh, I think it. I think it absolutely solidifies a first round selection for Nuke, and I think somebody's going to get super hyper on him, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Uh, in some leagues, go in the top five as well. They're going to look at the rest of that board and say, you know what, man, this guy is is an automatic double-digit every-week guy. Let me just go grab him. Um, how about an impact on Lamar Miller? Anything? No. Not not enough to, to change his status. Uh, but it's just nice that they have a bunch of weapons around Brock Osweiler now, too, so... All right, let's talk, about another, let's, let's talk about another running back. Thomas Rawls. Uh, the Seahawks, I think they're still drafting running backs. <laughs> I think they drafted 87 running backs, if I'm not mistaken. Final tally was three, okay. but you're close. <laughs> uh, the most, uh, obviously, the, 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 the highest profile guy, C.J. Procise at, at a Notre Dame. Great speed. I don't really like the tape I saw in, in terms of uh, what I saw on film. I was actually really surprised he went as early as he did. Uh, the Seahawks must have really seen something uh, where he's going to fit uh, into their offensive scheme. Yeah, I think he fits a need. They don't have a pass-catching running back. But here's my thing, though. Them drafting three running backs and, and taking a guy like C.J. Procise that early is this not at least an indication that they're hedging their bets uh, that Thomas Rawls may not uh, be the same guy when he recovers? Maybe, but if that's the case, why Procise? I, I mean, I like Procise's skills. I don't like the fit a whole lot in Seattle. They, you know, I know he catches the ball well. Throwing to the running back is not something they did a whole lot. No, in the past. that's and, what I'm saying. And so, I mean, if they're really hedging their bets about Thomas Rawls. You know, Kenneth Dixon was still there. Devontae Booker was still there. There were still there were a whole lot of guys that I felt like had a better complete game uh, than CJ Pro. He was he was drafted to be a compliment, not a featured back. I mean, but you're gonna spend that kind of draft price on, on a on a compliment. It just seems like a steep price to pay. Um, I'd be surprised. Can I just throw out something wild? Sure, please do. Are they gonna turn CJ Procise back into a slot receiver? Probably not. I hope not. That would be hilarious. That would be wild, but no. The, the offense could be trending to being more of a pass-first offense now with how well Russell Wilson played down the stretch last year. He kind of I think that's that clear. Step. But I, the thing is, too, like they drafted Alex Collins and some guy in the seventh round. Like The seventh round guy is a special teamer. Yeah. Alex Collins, Collins is fine, but if Thomas Rawls is even at 80% healthy, he is light you know, light years ahead of Alex Collins. So I would... I, I, it makes sense why they added so many bodies in case of Rawls' injury, but this isn't scaring me a ton off of drafting Thomas Rawls. All right, so Thomas Rawls still a second-rounder? Yeah. Yeah. Late um, second, early third? I think a lot of it depends on when what we he get looks closer like. to camp Yeah, yep. and what, what his timeline is. If it looks like he's going to – you know, even if he misses the first couple of weeks, I think he's still a second-round guy. Second-rounder. Here's the thing. I don't think Thomas Rawls – I'd be surprised to see him out there. 
uh, during the preseason. I would be. Oh, yeah, I doubt he's going to play in the preseason. Right, so, but I mean, but if they at least give us some indication that maybe, okay, maybe he misses the first two weeks or something uh, like that. I mean, come on, MB. I can You still. know that they're going to put out. Uh, there's always going to be the positive. Smoke screen? Of course, there's going to be positive stories about Thomas Rawls, of course. Oh, he's ahead there of already schedule, have been. Blah, 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 blah. He already is ahead Wait a minute, wait a minute. Marcus went to USC. Is he in the Don't best? you have Pete Carroll's phone number? Oh, uh, yeah, right. He just hands it out. It's part I of the mean, syllabus. Come on, Marcus. <laughs> it's part of the syllabus. Um, Give yeah, him a ring. We'll get the uh, the best. We're gonna have to best do shape some, of his life stories. We, exactly. We are gonna have to do some serious speculation uh, on the health of Thomas Rawls as we enter the season. I don't know if it's gonna be any clearer um, once Week One rolls around, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, wide receivers. Big first round for wide receivers. A huge first round for wide receivers. I mean, we talked about uh, Will Fuller, but then how about Laquan Treadwell going to Minnesota? Uh, Corey Coleman going to the Cleveland Browns, and then Josh Doxson going to Washington. Well, what I, I, is your favorite pick of those three, Treadwell, Coleman, Dox? Long-term, Doxon. Uh, for, for next season, Coleman, because of the opportunities, unless Josh Gordon is reinstated in August. Stop saying that! <laughs> well, because he's on my dynasty team. Few things get Marcus riled up faster than oh, uttering Josh Gordon, okay. Gordon in his God. comeback. So, Coleman yeah. looks to be the number one wide receiver in Cleveland right out of the gate. He's right. got that Baylor connection with RG3. And uh, so, a lot of fantasy value is based on opportunities and you would think that Coleman is going to see more than his share with what three other rookies that they drafted at wide receiver Brian Hartline and I think they took five actually. Andrew Hawkins so <clears throat> right well yeah that's not that, great yeah that's not great. Was, was, that, uh, can was, I, that, was that a sound effect or did you just throw up oh that was me that was me uh look I'll oh, say they this. did take four sorry I'll, I'll say this about Corey Coleman um, obviously not the biggest dude in the whole world. Five eleven, uh, about a buck ninety five. Great speed, four three seven forty. Given the fact that it's Brian Hartline and Andrew Hawkins and a bunch of nobodies, hey, I, I get that. Hey, they're... Gary Barnage is offended by you saying <laughs> no, that. no, no, no. I'm saying from the wide receiver. Obviously, I am not going to be dissing the barnyard dog. <laughs> obviously, that's not going to be me, bro. No, but Corey Coleman, from a wide receiver perspective, I get that their quarterback situation is less than ideal. Uh, but I think the stench of the Browns is going to drive Corey Coleman's uh, draft price way down. Way down. I, I think I'd be surprised to see him go uh, anywhere before round 10. Now, that being the case, look, the guy's going to see, I think, a minimum of 120 targets, a minimum. I think I could see him getting anywhere between 120 to 135. Oh, absolutely. Over 130 targets walked out the door between Travis Benjamin and Dwayne Bowe, so there are going to be tons of opportunities for throwing Dwayne Bowe. <laughs> he had a few targets. Well, no, Travis Benjamin <laughs> had all but three of those targets. <laughs> all but 13. Throwing in Dwayne Bowe, bro. I'm just saying because he's gone. I know. No, no, but so that's what I'm saying. So, like, let's say he gets, like, 130 targets. That's, like, top 25-level targets. You're telling me he, uh, an explosive athlete like Corey Coleman can't translate that into top 25 wide receiver numbers? No, I like it. I, I'll and take it. Count me among the, I'll the, take the early believers in the, the Hugh Jackson rebuild in Cleveland. I'm, I'm quietly optimistic that RG3 will be passable as a quarterback, and that would that would be good for Corey Coleman and the rest of that offense. Regardless of who it is, I, I don't even care if it's RG3. Even if it's Josh McCown, I'll take it. I'll take it. Is Brian Hoyer still available? No. No, he signed in okay. Chicago. Sign it. <laughs> Who cares? It doesn't matter what their quarterback um, situation. I think he's going to get top 25 wide receiver targets, and 
he's at least on the table to be a wide receiver too, uh, and a strong wide receiver to play at that. For sure. And speaking of other guys that, that could have that upside, I really like Josh Doxson, as Fab said, in Washington. Uh, people like the stench of the Browns is going to scare people off of Coleman right now. Yeah. The presence of Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon right. might have the, some worried about Doxson. But not, not worried. both of them have big cap hits this year, yeah, and there have already been rumors that Pierre Garcon could be gone, Oh, he's if not both of them. And Doxson's the tallest wide receiver of that bunch, and right. he's a great target for Kirk Cousins and gives them some size, some speed. Yeah. I love his fit there. I mean, everyone's talked about Doxson being great in the red zone, right? He is. Uh, and and again, you talk about speed. He's got great speed. If it's Deshaun Jackson, who I I believe it will be, opposite him, hello. And, nice. and, and you know the thing about defenses too, right? In the NFL, it takes a little bit of time for them to get adjusted. So the number one guy is going to be looking at Deshaun, right? Mm-hmm. Which means Josh Doxson already fills you know that wide receiver two role, um, and he's not going to be seeing strong coverage. Come on, come on. Kirk Cousins is going to find him, man. You like that? I do like that. I like that a lot. I love the pick. I love it. I I love it. I am a fan of Laquan Treadwell in Minnesota, too, by the way, because uh, speaking of guys that are great in the red zone, he's fantastic in the red zone. Sure. Teddy's an accurate passer. And this is Norv's offense, basically. He's been running his his typical offense in Minnesota um, without a true number one wide receiver because the Cordero Patterson experiment didn't work out. Uh, Mike Wallace, you know, was is kind of just keeps fleecing people for uh, for money across the NFL, yeah, pr- pretending him. to be a number one wide receiver. Good for him. So now they've got now they've got Quan, and he can get in there, and he can run all the routes. He can be a beast over the middle for Teddy, and uh, I think he could he could get a. It's a low volume passing attack yeah. in general, right? But uh, he'll be the top dog there, and I think uh, I think it's a good fit. And uh, he might not have huge returns this year, but. He's a guy I'm definitely going to have my eye on. Where was Minnesota in terms of pass attempts last year? It's like 21st or something like that, I think. Ugh. They uh, was they had as many passing touchdowns as, as Doxson had, had receiving, receiving touchdowns, touchdowns last year. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> it's, an, it's, an, it's an interesting fit, no question. Um, I just, look, I get so tired of hearing about North Turner's offense. I mean, when did he produce a good offense – uh, without the services of LaDainian Tomlinson and Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates. I just want to know. But now he'll have Laquan Treadwell. No. And and, and Adrian Peterson. No. Wait, didn't uh, didn't he have Josh Gordon? He did. He did. He did. Okay. One I mean, look, I, no quarterback. I'm 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 with I'm with Gelhart here though. I like I like the Laquan Treadwell pick. And I think especially because I mean, right now he doesn't need to be a deep threat. I know that's one of the weaknesses for Teddy Bridgewater is his his inability to throw the deep ball. But what you've seen out of Laquan Treadwell in yeah. a lot of ways reminds me of a young Anquan Bolden in that he will go, he'll make catches, and then he will run you over. Great and call. he will break tackles. So he Great doesn't call. have to necessarily be a speed burner right away. I think he'll get back to that as he's continuing to, to get better from his injury. Um, but even if he's catching you know, intermediate passes, he'll break tackles, and he's going to be a load to try to, to, to bring down. So... Those yards after the catch will start to pile up. Who's the first guy drafted here in fantasy? You mean not in a redraft? Him? Yeah, in a redraft. You mean not probably Coleman? You think so? I think so. I unless think gonna, I, I think it's going to so. be Doxson. Unless unless Garcon actually see, gets out of the way, then the, maybe Doxson. Doxson's got him. for seasonal leagues. He's got too many hurdles, man. They have a lot of mouths to feed. Garcon's going to start. You know they're paying if he's him. Still there. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Gonna I don't start. Think he's gonna be there. He might not be there. Uh, from from what I've heard, it's more likely that uh, Andre Roberts is going to be released and not Garcon. That's so. Doxon come in and play the slot. You've also got Jordan Reed there as well. So I I like Doxon long term more than I like him as a rookie. 
I'd rather have Coleman as a rookie. All right. Uh, from the running back perspective, I mean, dude, can, I, can I tell you, was this not, uh, and I said this on, uh, uh, on HQ this morning and on NFL Now, was this not like one of the worst drafts when it came to fantasy football running backs? Like Ezekiel Elliott and then everything else confuses us. Right? I don't, you got you got yeah, you I got Demarco agree. Murray. Demarco Murray's value goes down with Derrick Henry being drafted there, and Henry's oh. value goes down. So does his ceiling. Yeah. Kenneth Dixon goes to Baltimore, Love where it. they already have four running backs on the roster. Devontae Booker goes to Denver, where they just paid C.J. Anderson eighteen million dollars. Yep. Jordan Howard goes to Chicago, where there's no clear line to the starting job. Uh, Paul Perkins goes to the Giants, where they already have a cluster running of running backs there. So, so <laughs> it's cluster. not like in some previous years, like last year. You know, Melvin Gordon was the favorite to start in San Diego, although he was lousy. Uh, Todd Gurley was going to end up being the guy. You knew that uh, David Johnson was eventually going to have a shot to be the starter in Arizona because of what they had on their roster going into the season. But there's just a lot of Kenyon Drake goes to Miami, where Jay Jay's value is blowing up right now uh, because they didn't pick a guy who can force him uh, to compete for the starting role. So from a running back perspective, you're going to need things to happen. You're going to need injuries to happen or a guy to just completely fall on his face for any of these players to see enough carries to be relevant but in fantasy. I think, but I think we kind of knew that going into this draft. I mean, yeah, we knew I know. It was, it yeah, was we Zeke, did. And it did. was kind of everybody else. But I, I mean, was hoping that, like, the Colts would take Booker, for example, or maybe Henry ooh, would go would to the nice. Bears or go to the Dolphins where there was a little bit clearer path to the number one spot on the depth chart, if not this year. I think to Fabs' point, too, MG, was that Derrick Henry was, the, was that wild card. He was the wild card. I mean, him going to Tennessee, that was a gut punch. God, that, oh, made me so that was, that was a gut punch for a lot of people. And the Bears the Bears could have picked him if if I'm not mistaken, they traded down. I think so. Yes, they did. But there's I mean, there was a few teams that, that uh, Derrick Henry could have gone. I, I don't think Chicago was a great fit for him. Uh, Tennessee, obviously. You're like, what? Why? That exotic smash mouth, baby. <laughs> exotic smash mouth. Uh, but yeah, like, ah, man, the Henry uh, one is frustrating. I really do like Dixon in Baltimore, though, because Javorius Allen is just is love just it. meh. And Justin Forsett, John Harbaugh said during the draft that he just started lifting weights now because of his broken arm. So, Bro, I love Kenneth Dixon to Baltimore. Wait a minute. He went to Cal. Justin Forsett went to Cal. Hey, I love Justin Forsett. What do you want from me? You, I like. <laughs> what do you want from me? I, I like Justin. Forsett. I love Justin Forsett. And I don't. Th- I don't what? think for. I mean, what? What's broken, what's the problem broken here? arm? It didn't, he didn't turn an ankle. He didn't, you know, blow out a knee. And he was playing pretty well last that year. That arm is what he uses to hold the football. But it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. You can't just like stick it in his face. We're not talking mask. about Tony Romo's collarbone. It's not like Justin Forsett's injury prone. I, I think Dixon could end up being a, a very strong part of a committee there in oh, Baltimore. Man. I think he's going to be a monster. I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Look, Kenneth Dixon, if you watch the game tape, I get it. He went to, to Louisiana Tech, so a lot of drafters are not going to know about this kid. All right, he's got good well, speed. If they listen not, to this podcast, they will. <laughs> oh, they will love him. Uh, look, he, he he's a well-built, stout dude. Um Good speed, not great speed, but it doesn't matter. Speed has been is wildly overrated. Oh, it's his, I think it's from, his quickness, though. That's what's so yes, great. yes. But you know where he's special, and you and I know you and I were talking about this, Gilhar. The fa- the way he catches the football is special. Like he is a special, special running back out of the backfield. Now, who is the offensive coordinator there in Baltimore? That would be Mark. Tressman. He is going to throw the ball to the running back. He is going to throw the football to the running back. I think he got he got Matt Forte like 11 D catches. <laughs> hey, listen, you guys are forgetting Trent Richardson. No, no. we're not. 
No. No, we no, no, we're really not. I think, yeah. man, I'm telling you, man, Dixon to Baltimore, what a great fit. Um, I think he could be a monster sleeper. I think in PPR formats, uh, I am super hyper yeah, last year, Baltimore, Last year, Baltimore threw the fourth most passes to its backs. I mean, granted, like 50 of those went to Kyle Juszczyk, but uh, there, there are going to be uh, opportunities there for Dixon in Baltimore, but, uh, and I'm but, very excited. Yeah, I, I like him more in, in 2017, to be honest with you. I, I would draft him and, and, and maybe put a sleeper tag on him, but I don't think he's a guarantee to be a featured back in Baltimore as a. Oh, no. But there's going. I mean, I'm going to overpay. There are, there are so few feature backs these days, and we saw a lot of guys in oh, sure. rotations still yeah. finish in the top 25 and have, have good weeks. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heavily overpay for Count Dixon. I, I know it already. <laughs> Great. Can't, can't wait to see which one of us reaches higher uh, come August. <laughs> uh, Devontae Booker is so interesting in Denver, too, because, like Fab said, CJ Anderson's there with his $18 million um, contract. Yeah. However, I don't Daniel Jeremiah said during the draft he thought as soon as Devontae Booker sets foot in Denver, he's the best running back on that roster. Uh, I know, and Charlie, calm Cash, down. Charlie calm down. Casterly said that Henry was going to start right. for the Titans yesterday. Right. Calm down. Right. I, uh, Everyone needs to calm down. I love C.J. Anderson still, though, and I'm not super scared by this. If anything, it's nice because this might drive down C.J. Anderson's price tag. And it then, will, and it then we will. can we oh, can scoop yeah. him up a little later. It oh, will. He's gonna go. It's but here, the, what here, here's one thing that concerns me: CJ Anderson. What does CJ Anderson even go fifth round? Had sixth round this year in redrafts. I don't think I don't see him going until round five. Oh, I'll, early. You know, it was about overpay. I'll I'll overpay for CJ Anderson. <laughs> okay. because, no, because I think I think <laughs> because what we saw from him at the end of last season was what we thought we were going to get all year long. It took him a while. Once he finally got healthy. He was better again. I mean, you saw him in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs. He yeah. looked like the guy we thought we were getting at the start of the year. So, yeah, I agree. I'll take him in the second or third round. Sure. Dude, keep preaching, bro. He is who we thought he was. Exactly. Look, look, I love – you know I love me some C.J. Anderson. Yeah, where did he go to school? He went to Cal. Okay. I love but, me some C.J. Vallejo, California's what finest, worries man. Me, what worries me is that if he gets off to a slow start like he did last exactly. season. Exactly. But I still like I still like C.J. Anderson, and uh, uh, but – does he lose uh, a couple of notches there in terms of, of running back ranks? Of course. Yeah. Sure. But Devontae Booker's going to come in and take a huge chunk. Ronnie Hillman is still there. RIT, Ronnie Hillman. I, look, I, look <laughs> I get it. Ronnie Hillman's not going to, you know. So guys, so guys who moved up, right, ahead of Anderson, did Jay Ajayi move ahead of C.J. Anderson? No. Did Latavius Murray move up no. ahead of C.J. Anderson? No. Okay. Well, then C.J. Anderson is, is an RB2 all day long, and RB2s won't be available in the fifth round. Really? No way. Really? No way. Oh. Maybe if if wide receivers go heavy early. No but, way. All right, let's talk about Jordan Howard in Chicago a little bit. Because this is a situation I was really hoping they drafted a an exciting back there to take over for Jeremy Langford. Instead, they got like the same damn back. <laughs> and, and I'm disappointed. <laughs> Jordan Howard is fine. He finishes runs with authority. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's a talented runner, but he's not ex- explosive. Like The thing was, when he got drafted, I was like, I can't remember one exciting Jordan Howard play. And no. I watched like five or six full games of his, and I was like, I cannot remember can one you, electric play. Can you play. remember one Jordan Howard-like signature game? No. No. He was just always very quietly effective. Right. He's just like a Honda Civic or something. They. I think Indiana had a good line. I think they did. I think they had a pretty good line. They had a good run-blocking scheme. Um, I just – I'm not – I think Jordan Howard's just a guy to me. Uh, I don't think it impacts Jeremy Langford. I really don't. I, I they're gonna split. I think I think Howard is a threat. I really do think he's a threat. If you look at uh, Langford's numbers closely, 
I mean, he did have some really good fantasy. He had a couple splash plays. There's there's no doubt about that, right? A, a couple of really big plays. Um, his yards per carry average, I believe, was under four, which is not all that great. And yeah, it was like three point six. It was really bad. Actually. And, and so I don't know that he is a lock. Remember, this is a team that made C.J. Anderson a nineteen million dollar offer. Um, so they wanted to bring somebody else in to complement Langford or play in a committee with Langford. So. I know that they didn't get one of the quote unquote big Premier name guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. running backs in the class, but I mean Terrell Davis has proven to us that you don't need to be no exactly aimed to make an impact. So I agree with that. I just think, look, I, I'm I'm uh, of us four in here. I know that I'm the highest on Langford. I know that, um, but Langford's you know where is Langford going to go? I mean he's going to go back into the second round, third round, you know. Uh, that's where he was get his ADP was already right now was know. like second or late yeah, second or third saying, round. Right? Yeah. Hmm. People were people were shooting him up draft boards as soon as Matt Forte was gone, but right. they should have been keeping him pat and now with Howard there, he shouldn't go until the mid rounds. The mid round oh he's gonna be gone. Langford? I'm no, saying I'm saying he shouldn't. He okay. will be gone before. He will be gone because I mean he's he's a starting running back in the NFL. And right. Just because there are, you know, so few of those He's going to go. I'll invest. I mean, if he's there in, in, in the early part of the third round, I'll invest. All right, you take him. I'll take Kenneth Dixon. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it, you. Stop it. No, I, I want to go wide receiver, wide receiver. Uh, Lang for third round. and then Dixon yeah, in the fourth. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm overpaying, man. I'm going to do it. I know it. I can feel it already. Um, running back sleepers. Some of these, what do you like? Some role players, maybe. Yeah. I'm uh two guys I've got circled are Paul Perkins in New York, UCLA's finest. UCLA's finest. I, I like what he does there. Um, he's kind of, he might be a duplicate of Shane Vereen right he now. Is. Nobody ever knows that backfield. Um, Rashad they, Jennings, they, they the the, to give, the name starter. Right. They continue to give touches to Andre Williams too, which is just baffling. But oh, there's no way he's a name to watch there. And then I also a, a sneaky one too is Keith Marshall in Washington. Oh, super he's fast. Super fast. Super he's, fast. He's a talented running back yeah. too. Um, he could come in and, and push for some starting work because Matt Jones wasn't, uh, you know, didn't have the most amazing rookie year aside from that one week two game. Right. Um, so I would definitely keep an eye on Keith Marshall. As well. I, you know, looking at, at Paul Perkins, I would say that New York is where running backs go to die. But <laughs> but that was also that was also when Tom Coughlin was kind of running the show. You know, I mean, I know Ben McAdoo was the offensive coordinator and he was kind of splitting all these carries, but now. That he's the head coach, you know. I wonder if things are going to change, maybe a little bit, and maybe they will find just one or two guys to give the ball to. I mean, because that was the worst thing every week was trying to figure out which Giants running back could you count on. To the point that you just said, you know what, none, none is the appropriate answer. I think when Rashad Jennings is fully healthy, he's a very effective player. Uh, I think we've seen that, but he's getting a little long in the tooth, uh, and again, he's had an inability to stay healthy. Um, you know, we talk about Shane Vereen. A great pass catching back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll keep him in that role. Paul Perkins. It's interesting. I, he's kind of a little bit of a blend of both. I think he's a good pass catcher, not great. He's definitely not Shane Vereen's level. Yeah. Um. And I just uh, he's and he's pretty good between the tackles and on the outsides, but not great. Um. I don't know what role he'll fill, but if Rashad Jennings goes down with an injury. Paul Perkins is at least an interesting play. For yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, you know, Andre Williams. Uh, I yeah, think I think the, the ship yeah. has sailed on yeah, him. Exactly, he's done. Vereen's not a featured back, so if Jennings gets hurt, and Jennings does get hurt, yes, he does. 
there's a chance uh, that Perkins could come in and maybe have some fantasy relevance. Keith and Marshall, it's not for this year, but next year. Keith Marshall, a great athletic, uh, a great athlete, I should say, uh, a great athlete. I don't know about his running style. He's very upright, uh, and his balance is subpar. But uh, he's got tremendous speed, and again, as you mentioned, uh, an interesting offense uh, there in Washington. I really like the offense there in Washington, so it's so it's good. He, he fell into a pretty good situation. How about my guy out of Cal, Daniel Lasco? Workout, the workout hero, combine, combine hero. Oh my gosh, he was was out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere. Daniel Lasco is a combine warrior. Uh, he finds himself in New Orleans, uh, in a situation that could benefit a guy who is an explosive athlete, as we saw at the combine. Uh, in you know Daniel they still Lasco. have Mark Ingram, right? And they re-signed t- uh, Tim Hightower. Okay, and C.J. Spiller somehow is still on the roster. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, outside of Mark Ingram, uh, not inspired. I know how much you – why are you hating on Mark Ingram, man? <laughs> James just James. I said, I said like. outside of Mark Ingram. It's, I'm not – But I know that, like – We're talking about Tim Hightower and C.J. Spiller. People, let's give up on C.J. Spiller. You realize that Stop. Tim Hightower led a lot of people to their fantasy championship. Oh, my season. gosh. I get it. That's fine. It's Tim Hightower. <laughs> let's stop with I, Tim I mean, I, I, yeah. It's Tim Hightower, folks. Um – no, I think he's in. He's got an interesting situation. That's all I'm saying. That's a. I mean, Mark Ingram. Okay, do, has Mark Ingram had a thousand yard rushing season? He no, he's not. been close. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. But he's he's good. Are you kidding me? He's he James, just James, watch him play. Are you insane? He's, uh, James, he's uh, good. Are you okay? Are you he's good. All right. He's good. He's not great. I mean, he's has, good. He's not great. Has Ezekiel Elliott had a thousand yard season in the Stop NFL? It. Stop it. Has <laughs> David Johnson it. had a thousand yard season in the NFL? Okay. Stop okay. It. We're getting Stop off track it. here. All Let's right. talk some of these wide receiver right. sleepers Can off, off the the top guys. All right. Fine. Let's do it. Uh, one of my favorites is, is Sterling Shepard. I know he's he's Matt Harmon's favorite wide receiver in this class. Uh, not like who he thinks is the best, but he's he's his boy. He he called it late last season. Like I think he's gonna be my guy, but. Man, was this a perfect fit for him because he gets to run opposite Odell Beckham Jr. Right? Uh, Victor Cruz is no guarantee to even be ready no. for the start of the season coming off no. that injury. Uh, and, man, Sterling Shepard's already a great route runner. He's working with a good quarterback in Eli Manning. Yep. And there are possibly up for, like, 100 targets up for grabs there. Like I agree. He could, he could do tons of Yeah, work no, work. He, he he's real interesting. Uh <laughs> He, he's going to be sort of the slot guy who's going to see a lot of the underneath targets from Eli Manning. Um, I, I do and it's li- a great role for him. I he's do, great I, there. I do like to joke around about positions in college, and Oklahoma's never really produced a good NFL wide receiver, but this guy has sleeper potential. I agree. I, I think he's a guy. I like that, it. I think he's a guy they drafted hoping – Maybe with an outside chance of you know running three wide receiver sets if Victor Cruz comes back, but I think it's a bigger hedge for the Giants, basically saying that we don't, we're not sure if we're going to see the same Victor Cruz ever That's right. again. That's right. And so if not, then you've got a guy who you know, you know, buy Ruben Randall. You know, we're not. That, that's not that's not a concern anymore. We're not worried about Dwayne Harris or no. you know anybody like that. So right. Sterling Shepard's the guy who steps in and potentially fills that role. I like it. I think it's a great fit. It was a very sensical pick. Uh, it helps the offense, like you said. It hedges their bets against Victor Cruz. And even if Victor Cruz is healthy and, and operating, cool. Sterling Shepard's still there. I mean, they run three wide receiver sets a ton. In New York. He's going to be on the field. Folks. I think when Ben McAdoo is the offensive coordinator of the Packers, they like led the league in three wide receiver sets, too. There you go. And uh, I, I don't know how that bore out his last couple years in New York, but it's part of the offense that he definitely likes to run. So yeah. 
And Sterling Shepard's just good. Doesn't this help Eli Manning too, though? It does. I was Absolutely. already I was already really liking Eli Manning as one of my like late round quarterbacks oh, to target. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and now that he's got Sterling Shepard there too, I'm uh, I'm feeling, right. feeling like I might be taking a lot of Eli Manning this year. <laughs> he was a quarterback seven last year he in standard leagues, sneaking, and yet sneakily doing his job. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, and, and again, what what is it? Year three now? Year four now under Ben Mac? Or three. no? Year three. Three. Two under as OC, ben first as the head coach. Yeah, and, and come on, man. Like you know, it's gonna take a, it's it's gonna take a little time for him to get used to that system because because what was it before? It was drop back and and chuck it deep. But I, I think with this you know more West Coast style short passing attack, uh, Odell Beckham there as well. I mean Eli man, I like Eli Manning. I like him a lot. Um, all right, Michael Thomas there in, in New Orleans. I mean you want to talk about a great situation for a wide receiver. Michael Thomas enters New York or New Orleans, rather. Um, he's got sleeper potential written all over him. I, I really like that fit because they've got two smaller, speedier guys in Brandon Cooks and Willie Sneed, and they needed, yeah. especially with Marcus Colston leaving, they needed a bigger body target who yeah. could be physical and uh, do work after the catch, and that's that's Michael Thomas. So. And they throw the ball like 700 times. I mean, gee whiz. Yeah, I, a lot of mouths to feed there, though. You know, oh, there's no question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. A lot of mouths to feed, right. so. I, I, again, there's a lot of wide receivers that I like long-term more than I like as rookies, and Thomas fits that mold. Uh, and I don't even know if I love him long-term because Drew Brees is, what, 38? Yeah. 39? So we'll see. Uh, what, what everyone is pointing to, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously his intangibles, his skill set, but everyone is saying Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Drew Brees is not going to be there for most of Michael Thomas's career. Drew Brees is 37 for what it's worth. So this year uh, – I would say late round flyer at best, unless he pushes Snead for that starting spot. Well, no, I mean these are all sleepers. Mm-hmm. I mean these these guys are all sleepers. I, I don't I don't see. I mean we like Sterling Shepard. I, I mean I don't think any of us are saying Sterling Shepard is yep. going to be a lock to be a, a wide receiver two or even uh, in every well, Shepard, flex play. I think Shepard is on a is on a higher level than a Michael Thomas and and certainly some of the other sleeper wide receivers that we have listed. Yeah, Rashard Higgins and Daniel Braverman. Right. I mean Shepard is on another level. No question. Right. A lot of the other fits, too. Um, there were some really good players that just didn't go to good spots, which I guess we can talk about. Sure. Uh, like Leontay Carew, talking about mouths to feed, going to Miami yeah. with with an average quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. He's going to be behind Landry and uh, Devontae Parker for yep. targets, and Kenny Stills is still there. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Kenny Stills is still Please. there in Miami? Kenny Stills is there. So that, I mean, maybe Carew pushes Parker. Um, yeah. Who was, he had a rough start to the year when he was coming off of his injury. Um, but it's just that's that was a disappointing fit for me. I really didn't like Tyler Boyd to the Bengals because he's he's slow and he doesn't have a lot of quickness and has trouble separating. And I thought they needed a speed element or at least a quick guy to replace because uh, like Sanu, Mohamed Sanu and uh, Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones weren't exactly burners. Jones was pretty fast, but they were both quick and they were they were athletic. And that's just not not Boyd's profile. So I was a little disappointed in that. Also, he's going to be so far down the pecking order in terms of targets yeah, in the red zone and stuff. For sure. A.J. Green. And but I, but I mean, he's got a clearer path to a starting job than most of these wide receivers. Oh, I agree. No, I agree. I, I think mean, he's Brandon, the wide Brandon LaFell? I, I mean, Mario <laughs> Alford? <laughs> no, he's got, definitely going to be the second wide receiver. There's no so, question about it. But that being said, I think what we're talking about is upside, right? Like his upside, it's not great. It's not Tyler Board. I, no. I like him. It was, I, I think he's a good, solid player, but he's more of a possess- I think he's got to be a possession guy. Um, but where he thrived at Pitt was when they threw him the ball, like a jump ball, uh, in the end zone. They just said, "Hey, go get it, kid." 
I, uh, I don't see that the, too many of those balls going his way. Right, and I kind of wish they had had somebody a little more explosive there because then I would have been a little more excited about the upside, but I don't ever see Tyler Boyd going deep, and the targets could shift more back to... I mean, Eifert didn't have a ton of targets last year. They might use him more, and I, I would expect Gio to get a big piece of that passing offense. Yeah, the too. Bengals really... Uh, that, that wide receiver run hurt them because by the time they picked... It was over. They were it gone. Was over. All was the gone. best wide receivers yeah. were off the board. No, you're right. No, you're right. Kind of like a fantasy draft, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, Rashard Higgins going to Cleveland. Why is he a sleeper? Well, he's a guy that's a, that's a very good route and need a ton of college product production. And as we said before, it's basically Corey Coleman and then Brian Hartline Hello. in that offense right now. Yeah. So you I know get a young guy, Hartline bling. You get a young guy that comes <laughs> in and maybe can get on the field right away with his ability as a route runner. He could be a sleeper. I'm not saying like anybody's going to take him in redraft league no, right no, now, right. but I mean, if we maybe see some preseason stuff, he's just a, he's Ricard- a kind of Ricardo about. Lewis disagrees. I like Ricardo Lewis too. There, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to be interesting because I I did watch a little bit of Ricardo Lewis and I just kind of felt there was nothing about him that jumped out at me. I like okay. Ricardo Lewis. He um, he got asked to do a lot more in his senior year, and uh, he's a fast guy. He had a really good combine. He is fast. But that's going to be a. F- I'm, I, I'm excited to watch that camp battle between all those other rookies to see who gets touches behind Corey Coleman. All right, how about Daniel Braverman in Chicago? It's your boy. It's my boy. It's your boy. I was excited for. I was glad. DB Daniel he's, Braverman. Man, he's so quick. Like he just roasts people in the slot, and I I like him landing here because uh, Eddie Royal is in the final year or is no money against the cap next year or no dead money, so they could probably cut him and he right. could slide in as the slot guy in between. Kevin White and Alshon Jeffrey. I think that he's probably not going to have a much value right now, but he's definitely a guy that he could have some interesting weeks, maybe a DFS play. But uh, I like the I like the fit there. I mean Higgins and Braverman. I mean they're going to be fighting for roster spots, no? Perhaps, but I don't I don't think so. I think I think they'll both make it. Higgins okay. was drafted high enough where I don't think he's fighting for a roster spot. I yeah. feel like the biggest disappointment is that Daniel Braverman didn't go to the Patriots. To fit in with Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman. Yeah, I mean, he was that. Ty- he was that type of wide receiver. It just seemed like everybody. The everybody, was, fit. everybody was making that comparison. I was like, "Come on, guys." <laughs> yes, I know it's lazy, but you know, sometimes you need to take hey, a playoff. Exactly. It's uh, the lazy comparisons that are the best. Uh, is anybody excited by any of the wide receivers the Rams drafted? Nope. No. Although there was no more Rammy pick than Pharaoh Cooper. That was the Jeff Fisheriest thing that Jeff Fisher had ever done. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it, by the way, uh Farrell Cooper has the best Twitter handle. What's what's uh, because of what he tweets or what his no, name no, is? No, no, his handle. What is it? So it's he's Farrell Cooper. Yep. At King Touchdown. King Touchdown. Oh. Oh. It's the best. That's pretty good. Oh. That is good. Come on! Like, I mean, as someone, come on, as someone, as someone who loves terrible puns, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's good and bad all in the same. I was going to say, that should be right in your wheelhouse, Marcus. <laughs> I can't believe you're not happier with that. Dude, King Touchdown? I'll take it all day. I love it. I love it. I'm going to follow him. I you're going to follow him right now? Uh, <laughs> let's do Daily Daffs and get out of here. Let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily All right, daily dap time. We'll start with you, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Let's go. Uh, well, I yeah, uh, I think I've dapped. I think I've daily dapped the uh, Green Bar Distillery once before, but uh, in case I haven't, they okay. are they are the first and only distillery in Los Angeles since Prohibition. Okay. Um, great little place, just east of downtown LA, but uh, 
giving them an, an, another dap because uh, they had like a, a special event yesterday, like a launch party. They um, they have a new liqueur, a hops liqueur. A liqueur made of what? hops. So like, if you like your IPAs but feel How like they're not work? boozy enough, oh my gosh, this is the thing for you. But it's actually oh really gosh. good. And they you know they had the the event party, like the, the launch party, and you could like taste samples of it. And they had cocktails that they made with it. Um, it's fantastic. Great. It is absolutely fantastic. So uh, Daily Daps, the green bar, they're doing really good stuff. The uh, craft distillery, uh, they've got a lot of different – and they, they have everything, whether, you know, vodka, whiskey, tequila, whatever you're into, they do it all. Um, it's it's awesome. And so uh, I am looking forward to making cocktails with the hops liqueur. should be good. Great. I like it. All right. Uh, WizKid, what's up? I'm just going to dap the NFL draft and it, how exciting it was, the storylines we had, Tunsil's fall finally getting picked. Moritz Boehringer going to the the Vikings. <laughs> Keenan Keenan Reynolds getting drafted from Navy. Like there were a lot of good storylines, a lot of good uh, players. Yeah. And uh, daily daps to all of our people uh, throughout NFL media that were in Chicago doing the network productions, doing digital productions, writing about it, everything. Like the draft Unbelievable is believable coverage. The draft is a massive event, and we had a lot of coverage and a lot of really good coverage. So I, for one, loved it. Of course, I always fell into the I fell into the trap every year where I was like, man, I'm excited for day three, and then. Four hours into day three, when round five isn't even over, I'm like, what is happening? Please get me out of here. But it was good. So daily daps to everybody and all involved with the draft. I had a lot of fun. We'll see you next year. All right, Michael Fabiano, what's up? Uh, Daily dap on uh, Game of Thrones being maybe now like my top top five show of all time. Wow. Dude, that show is so good. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, but I just absolutely love that show. And it's really the only – Dap worthy mention I have because okay. I'm so depressed that the Yankees suck so bad. <laughs> okay. I, the Red Sox just swept right. us. We're in last place. I hope we trade is everybody. Still, is it still a rivalry? I mean, I feel like it is. It'll always be a rivalry. But right now, we're just so bad. I feel like that rivalry, literally, like people don't care. Okay, you know what? It's uh, been a rival. It was only a rivalry for like four years. Okay. <laughs> because previously it was the Yankees stomping just on the Red Sox. Curb stomping. Then for a few years they were both good at the same time, and now the Red Sox are better. It's, it's but rivalries have nothing to do with wins or losses. It has more to do with love hate. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, at yeah. some point, it's the level of hate. At some point, both teams have to kind of win. Otherwise, I mean, that's like it's a rivalry the way hammer versus nail is a rivalry. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Grass versus lawnmower. Like, that's not a rival. Hammer versus hill. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, yeah. I really so, think grass is making waves in the grass. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I'll undap myself uh, for accidentally putting the wrong kind of weed killer on my lawn. Uh-oh. <laughs> did, it, did it kill grass? Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not good. Mm-hmm. So now I can't. Now I have a brown lawn for four months. As Ouch. That stuff is going to be working itself out of the system, which is horrendous. I feel terrible about it. Hey, man, people just think you're being drought conscious in no, California. No, I am not being drought conscious at all. <laughs> I'm watering the crap out of it every day. It's funny. Uh, I'm trying to leach that stuff out of my soil. Uh, undaps to myself for that. Uh, I have a horrible-looking lawn. I feel terrible about it. Um, I will give daily daps to uh, Pharaoh Cooper for having that dope uh, Twitter handle. King Touchdown is great. Uh, I'm, that might be my fantasy team name, by the way. It's great. That's a good idea. Um, you have to draft Pharaoh Cooper then, though. That's true. Can I spend? I'll. I'll, I'll he throw can be a danger zone pick. Throw a fifteenth round pick on Pharaoh Cooper. Why not? Let's do it. He's, yeah. <laughs> um. I'll also daily dap the Getty. Uh, I went there yesterday. Great place. Uh, Love with, the Getty. Uh, great place. Baby Co. Uh, we took some great photos. I was gonna say you must have got some awesome photos of yeah, Baby we Co. Got at some, the Getty. Yeah, we took some great photos. It was cool, man. I don't know. It was just. It was. It was a good time. We had a good family uh, day. Take her to the Ge- uh, the Getty's villa, on the PCH. 
A lot of it is outdoors. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's really too. nice. Okay. Uh, for those that don't know, the Getty is a, a museum in Los Angeles, and it's this beautiful building that's built up on the mountain. You actually have to take like a little tram little to tram. get up there. Yeah, it's free. And it's free, and they've got this, this gorgeous outdoor area, a lot of really great exhibits. They've got a rotating exhibit. Uh, it's one of my favorite places. It's an in L.A. Los thing to do. Yeah. It's very L.A. Uh, it's $15 parking, but you could take a bus yeah. or something. If you if you come to if L.A. You and, go you for want, free, and you go. want your best possible photo, go to the Getty. That's and get a great that, point. Get the I all feel, of Los Angeles behind you. Know, you know, it's funny because I feel as if the Getty doesn't get enough pub for, like, a tourist attraction. It should. It should. I take everybody that comes Because even, even when you go there, it's not overly full. No. Which is great. So maybe I shouldn't dap it because I don't want people to go there. <laughs> <laughs> you think this pod has that much influence? Oh, it's got pull, baby. It oh. has got some pull. Uh, but no, those are your daily daps for today. Great show. I love talking about the draft. I cannot wait for the fantasy drafts to happen. For the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin. For MG Mike Guy. For the Hall of Famer. I'm James Cole. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com.